He's walking down the street. Do 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 do. Oh, serial killer with a knife. Stab. Oh wait, that's the wrong anime. It is. Yes. Yes. Oh, he's walking across the street because it's late, and then ah, truck. Boom. Because <laughs> yeah. we die, and that's. There's so many ways to die in anime. Either you're gonna get stabbed or you're gonna get run over by a truck. I mean, that's literally the two ways you die in anime. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you get reincarnated they, in another, another world worlds. that has magic. Hey, you guys, what's up? We are the Otaku Couple. I am Mrs. Otaku. And I'm Mr. Otaku. And this is the I'd Rather Anime Podcast number 36. This is your place to catch up on all things anime, new and old, with a lovely addition of our opinions, thoughts, and banter. We know you could be doing other things, so we're glad that you'd rather anime with us. Yes, so what we watched this week, um, more One Piece. Yeah. Yep, episode 880. Um, we finally got introduced to the different um, commanders of the revolutionary armor. Ar- I said armor. Armor. <laughs> Army? I don't yes. know why I could get that word out. And there are some characters, for sure. I mean, it's One Piece, so all of them are interesting with very distinct personalities. Yeah, so we got Morlay, a giant Okama, giant dude um, that can come out of the ground. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. His double fruit power reminds me sort of like um, Senior Pink and how he could like swim, swim th- in the How he can swim through anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he can't swim through it, obviously, but... But he has like this ability to like manipulate the ground in that type of way. Yeah. So, so. that's interesting. I think Betty is the one who got yeah. the most attention. She's like, of that course she's Betty. half naked, but yeah. she has the pump pump fruit mm-hmm. and can wave her flag and... uh reach deep into people's souls and motivate them, I guess. Bring out the power within. Then I think that's a great ability to have uh, in the Revolutionary Army. Yeah. Power to the people. And uh, we have uh, Karasu. He's the guy that we saw back in, what was it, Dressrosa? Mm-hmm. That Sabo was riding on top of. And he can become a murder of crows, not just a one, crow. not just a crow, but an actual murder of crows, which is different. Which is actually pretty cool. Yeah. I think he's like probably my favorite that showed up. Yeah, and his little quirk is that he talks very softly, so he has this like speaker thing in his mask, but he forgets to turn it on so nobody can understand him the whole episode. Thankfully, they gave us subtitles so we could hear him. Yeah. But yeah, so that's cool. And we're forgetting somebody. The guy who can fly, who was talking about his new. Lindbergh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You can talk about him. Oh, he's the guy who was flying through the air, and it's like he likes to make inventions and stuff. So, I mean, they all seem pretty cool. We don't know too much about them at this point, other than that they're all leaders of the Revolutionary Army in different areas, and that they're usually scattered around the world. For So, for them to come together, it's, it's a like, big deal. it's a big deal. And people who recognize them, they're like, oh, snap. Like, these people are not supposed to be together. So, the fact that they are together, like, something major is about to happen. Something's about to go down. And then um, we also have, of course, the actual, like, core members of the uh, Revolutionary Army. So, like, Sabo and Koala and, of course, Dragon. And they're all meeting up in the Kamabaka Kingdom since, you know, their base got destroyed. Um, Ivankov was like, hey, y'all can come here. So yep. they're having their super top-secret meeting in the middle of a... Um, <laughs> Okama land. Okama land, I guess. And yep. they're just having a tea party, I guess. And they're talking about, okay, we're going to bring war to the Celestial Dragons. Yep, and um, that's and, um, our goal. And they announced it, and we got to see a 
bunch of cool looking characters. We got to see them liberate a town on their way to their meeting. I mean, that was just like a, a quick a pit stop. You know, just like, oh, let's liberate this town on our way. They're in trouble. Yeah. And of course, we got Sabo reacting to Luffy's raised bounty, and he's just tickled pink with happiness. Like, look at him. His bounty went up again. And yep. then uh, we have Ivankov looking like, oh, Sanji went up, and he didn't even tell us he was a vent smoke. How insolent. Yeah, it's just like, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, we have Luffy and crew. Luffy's, you know, actually asking about the Revolutionary Army. Yeah, for Sabo, not for his for dad. Sa- no, of course not. Like, he doesn't care about, <laughs> he care about his dad. I mean, li- he literally dropped him off with his grandfather, who can proceeded to drop him off with a group of bandits. Yes. So, I mean, I can understand that lack of uh, familial connection, you know. But, um, yeah. Which brought up, brings up the question, can Luffy read? Because every time we see him with the newspaper, someone else is reading. Yeah, I don't know if Luffy can read or not. I have to Like, I just assume that, that he could. I have to assume. Like, he can obviously read numbers not very well because he missed a zero on his bounty. He missed three zeros. No, he missed one zero. 150 million versus... He said it went down to 150,000. No, he... Oh, did he say thousand? Yes. I think he said 150 million. No, he, pretty sure he said it went down. He said it went like, down to 150 million because he was at 500 million. I think he just missed one zero. Okay. But, um... But yeah, uh, yeah. So we don't know. I don't think it really matters. He can fight. Yeah. But um. But I mean, that's pretty much it. We didn't really get any flashbacks, and the flashback that we did get was um, back at Dressrosa when we found out that Sabo was still alive, and we got to see Luffy's reaction. Yeah. But I I think that was like a well placed one because it was only like not even a full minute. Yeah, it was. It was good. So it was quick and to the point. Overall, it was a good episode, Mm -hmm. and we got taken through the new content pretty well so i enjoyed it yeah um moving, moving on black clover episode 78 um we finally got to the first match of the second round yeah and the way these first round matches have been going it was just one team versus a fodder team or whatever now we have real teams actually going against each other so um in this first one we have Asta's team going against magnus team Mm-hmm. And that's also the team with... Uh, uh, Mimosa's brother, Kirsch. Yeah. We're just going to call him Mimosa's brother because that's the only identity he really needs. Yeah. And so um, he obviously does not like Asta because Asta is like a peasant. He's like, how dare you defile the field with your peasantness? And my- Magna's like, whoa, hold up. Like, I'm a peasant too. And he's like, Ugh, I cannot fight with you. I will not fight with you. And so... Yeah, he runs off on his own, and in doing that, he sets the field, I guess, full of cherry blossoms, and Asta's just like, oh, this is so cool. I get to try out my new power. So he just pulls out his sword. Everybody else is like, ooh, we can't do anything. We have to wait. We have to wait because visibility's low because everything's covered in these petals. You can't see anything. I mean, this is a massive amount of magic because it's covering the entire battlefield. And Asta's like, well, I guess I have no choice but to use it now. And yeah. so he whips out his sword and he gets his balance thing going on and he's just channeling his inner demon and Mimosa's like, what is this? This is not magic. What is this? And, and he, then he just starts spinning around, whips himself into yeah. a hurricane. And the thing about it, he erases all the magic on the field. And that includes, quote unquote, Xerxes 
magic traps that he spent all night putting on the stage. Yeah, because we found out earlier that he found out where the exams were going to be held mm-hmm. the day before and went there and spent like all night setting up these traps or whatever. Which is why he was tired in their first battle. Yeah. Because he had been setting up all those traps, so that makes sense. And Asla erased them, and he was not too happy about it, but he was forced to actually work with them as a team because he didn't have all these traps preset. Yeah. And Asla was like, I don't really care about you cheating. Like, I just want to be in on it so that I don't walk into it. Yeah. And he he refused, so Asla was like, I got that handled. No magic. How about that? There was no way I could have avoided them because you wouldn't tell me where they were. Mm. So, so that's how it is. And everyone's just like super impressed with Asta. Like, this is the kid <laughs> who's from Nowhereville, and he just like wiped out all my magic. And uh, yeah, her uh, big brother is just like dumb. He falls for a little literal hole in the ground. Yeah. And, so, so oh. in that moment, all I thought was like, "Wow, you make a great member of Team Rocket." <laughs> they always fall for the old hole in the ground trick, and it's always a hole they dug themselves. Yeah. So, what made it so funny though is because like the uh, the guy with the ash magic, magic uh, who I think his real name is, is Zora. That's what he was called in the flashback that he yeah. had. So I think his real name is Zora, but um, basically. He's like, I can set, like, these three types of traps, you know, on the fly during battle or whatever. Those are the only kind I can set during battle. Mm-hmm. And that's why I spent the time to create the other ones the night before. And um, he was like, well, one of them is a trap that digs a hole or whatever, and your mm-hmm. opponent just falls into it. And he sets these traps. Asta lures this guy in, and he goes after him. And Mimosa's brother's like, oh, I can see where the magic traps are laid. And he triggers the traps with, like, illusions illusions or whatever. And then he's like, all right, now I'm coming to get Asta or whatever. And then while he's walking, he walks right into a regular, old-fashioned, we-dug-a-hole trap (laughs) and falls down into it. He's just... It just looks so dumb. It's just like he thought he was so smart and so strong. And the royal just fell right in the hole like a dummy. It's just like, oh, yeah, you used to rely so much on your magic detection, but nope, this hole was built with sweat. Yep. Sorry, kid. <laughs> and yep. um, that looks pretty much it. So we have to see the rest of the fight, how they do against Magna and uh, the girl from the Blue Rose Knights. Yeah. Oh, just to be clear, Asta knocked him out after he fell into the Oh, yeah, because Asta's like, you're not getting back up. Yeah. No, so, no, that was it. Yeah, because he doesn't even, like, really, he just sort of, like, smashes a sword into his face like he doesn't actually swing it to yeah. cut him or anything he, he just, just he just smashes it down on him just like here take my anti-magic sword it was like it's like dropping thor's hammer on like like ah now no magic for you yeah <laughs> because it's just like people with magic they can't actually touch his swords because it's like sea prism stone for everybody else it's just yeah, like, oh, like, like no just, magic i can't do anything yeah so he just like dropped it on him yep so that's one down which is fine because he has a spear but he didn't leave it on him. Oh, uh, but regardless, he drained his power. Yeah. Um, moving on. The Rising of the Shield Hero, episode 14. Um, another episode, another episode that starts off with mine doing stupid stuff. This time, she decided to burn down a mountain. Because that seems like a good idea. Yes. I guess she never met Smokey the Bear. Never, I guess not. 
whatever. But basically, Nafumi fled, and of course, he fled through this mountain. So her bright idea was to burn the whole thing down, all the forest that was covering this mountain. And, you know, just blame it on the shield hero. Oh, he did it so he can follow him when he escaped. Like, that's really. That's something that he would do. Yeah, that's that's so smart. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and more rumors spread about Nafumi and the uh, the the um, guards and stuff at the border got worse or whatever. So he finally mm-hmm. decided he's going to go see the queen as she requested mm-hmm. instead of um, instead of trying to leave the uh, country. And Melty is still traveling with them, and she's like, "Oh, hey, we're in this area. I know the lord of this area, and he's a friend, and he would help us." And Nafumi's like, really? Like, I don't trust you. And then, of course, the Lord shows up out of nowhere. He's like, ah, Melty, it's good to see you again. And they're just like, whoa, he's super sneaky. So um, anyway, they end up accepting help from him. And while they're staying there, um, Nafumi's like, okay, we're only staying one day. We leave in the morning. Yep. Because she's like, ah, well, why do we have to leave so soon? Like, we just got here. I'd rather rest up for a couple of days. And he's just like, okay, you don't understand this whole running from your sister thing. Like, she's going to find us. Like, she already know which direction we went in. And people are looking for us. So we can't stay in the same spot. And so they, um, and lo and behold, like, before they can even leave leave the next day, Mm -hmm. there are soldiers showing up being like, Oh look, the devil of the of the, the shield, shield is here. Yeah, there he's hiding here somewhere, whatever. Yeah, and but, basically, go ahead. Sorry, okay. I don't want to say props to the Lord though, because when he got captured, he said, "I don't know who you're talking about. He's not here. The only one I know is the shield hero, and I don't know this devil of the shield that you're talking about." Yeah, they uh they took this Lord or whatever. They took him away from his land. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. It was a nobleman from a neighboring land or whatever. Yeah, and um, this particular lord, he's a nice guy. So he's got like demi humans working. Yeah, the for lord him. who got taken is a nice guy. The lord who got taken is a nice guy, and he's got um, demi humans working for him, but he treats them fairly or whatever. And the guy who, uh, um, I guess, takes him away, his soldiers or his private knights or whatever, they don't actually, they've never actually met the princess. So. When they saw Melty for the first time, they were like, really, you're her? And so she's speaking to them like, of course, she's royalty. And she's like, you will take me to the capital to see my father. And there will be, you know, repercussions for this, et cetera, et cetera. Blah, blah, blah. And um, he takes her to, you know, his castle. He's like, we'll leave in the morning, you know, once we um, get ready for travel. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. But this Lord, what's important to note about him is he's the same one who captured Raftalia from her village. And so Raftalia has like a rage shield mode type moment where she's just like, let me kill him. Her tail goes all rigid and Mm -hmm. she's already about to draw her sword. Like, let me kill him. Yeah, but Nafumi's like, calm down. Uh, Melty's doing something right now. Let's Let's give her a chance to do what she got to do or whatever. So Melty goes away with old dude while Nafumi and Raftalia and Philo are hiding. And then, lo and behold, of course, after... I don't even know why they let them get away in the first place. Because all they did was proceeded to go and rescue her. It was like, well, because Nafumi at first was like, she did all of this so that we wouldn't get in trouble and that we could get away. Because the reason that they're being tracked is because everyone thinks that he's kidnapped the crown princess. Yeah. So she's like, if the crown princess returns and she's telling the truth telling the truth like oh Nafumi didn't do anything to me like I asked him to travel with me yada 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 
she thinks that people are going to believe her because she's, you know, a, chi- it, yeah. a child. I understand. And so he's like, maybe this would be the perfect opportunity for us to get away if that's what we're going to do. But then he's like, a hero would never turn their back on a child who placed their trust in them. And I'm not going to do that. So yeah. that's why they end up going after them. Yeah. But honestly, he could have saved himself a lot of time. He could have <laughs> if he had just let Raftalia slay him from the get-go. But, you know, that's not the decision he chose to make. Yep. And but- so they bust him to the castle. He tells Fila to go wild. Mm-hmm. And he stops the guy just as he's about to, like, torture Melty to get information about Nafumi. Yeah, because he's already tortured the other nobleman who, um... Yeah. Who, uh, was kind to the demi-humans or whatever. The demi-humans did have his back, by the way. They came to the neighboring land And they were about to burn him. it down. Yeah, so... So, that's respect to the demi-humans. Yeah. And, um, Nafumi walks in all beastly, like, hero-like, and he's just like, game's over. Yeah. Pretty much. And Raftalia is walking in and then we stop at this epic moment because he's got his whip and he's hitting Raftalia like know your place and da 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 she's just walking through it like she's just walking through it taking the hits like it's nothing and she's not flinching and she pulls her sword and and then the episode ends yep and it's just like the episode ended on so much tension that that to me that signifies that we're going to be let down at the beginning of the next episode because if she was going to go ahead and slice him and kill him the perfect way to end that episode would have been to splatter that blood on the screen but um, that's my personal opinion. But, I hope she kills him or tortures him or something. Because the beauty of this anime is that none of the characters are just morally like straight and pure. Yeah. So I'm hoping that like her rage gets the better of her. Or she's like, maybe she's questioning him to find out where her friend went. Maybe, maybe. But I think killing him would have been the best best uh, course of action for sure especially since you know she's a trained killer now like she kills things that's her job yeah she's literally Nafumi's sword mm-hmm. so. and uh yeah I mean and Nafumi he was just like He's I'm down for what I'm down for whatever you want to do like Philo was about to stop her and Nafumi was like nope eh, let her handle let, this let, let her handle this but yeah and Nafumi still doesn't know you know what happened but he just like it's all good whatever Raptalia does is fine with me yeah. But yeah, so that that's, was good. That's it for this episode, and that's it pretty much for our ongoing stuff. So, um, before we get into the stuff that we're watching this season, um, I just have to say that honestly, I am kind of drastically disappointed by the anime this season. I don't know, I just feel like some of the stuff is not some one of the shows that we're watching i'm actually like kind of maybe could be invested into in it but the rest of it i'm just really like it's just lacking i'm not super hype about it i'm not super invested in it i'm not like oh this is really good or i like these characters or i think it's funny or i think it's super entertaining or even at the point where i'm like i would recommend that you watch this this season you know and i'm hoping that it gets better but at this point i just at this point at this point, I just feel really disappointed by our anime options this season. Yeah, it's not, nothing's really hitting hard so far. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, we'll probably end up dropping some of them, um, depending on what they do. But uh, let's just talk about the individual anime. And, and we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, we'll go from there and say what we think about each one. Okay. 
Um, well, first up on the list is Wise Man's Grandchild. We finally got the first episode this week. Yes, um, this is the same anime as Philosopher's Grandson. Um, Funimation decided to change the name. Um, I thought Philosopher's Grandson was a better translation, but Wise Man's Grandchild is what they decided to go with. So. And while we're talking about Funimation, I have to say this. like, I'm glad that they picked up stuff because we get, were able to watch it. But like, I'm gonna need them to work on their subtitles. Yeah, their subtitles, the subtitles aren't that great. <laughs> like, like, they're not as bad as Amazon, but they're not. That they're bad. they're neck and neck at this point. Like yeah. the fact that we have people talking on screen in another language and there are no subtitles. Yes, and then the actual subtitle appears for like half a, half a second. second, and it's super long. Yeah, and then it disappears and goes to the next one. Yeah, and it has like this black bar, and it's like the text is super small and tiny, and it's just it's like just like look at Crunchyroll, do it that way. Please make it Crunchyroll. <laughs> like, like everybody, or, if you're gonna sub anime, just do it like Crunchyroll. Or even with Amazon, even though I don't like them, I like that they give you the option to customize how you want your subtitles to look. So if you want the black bar, you can have that. If you want a transparent bar, you can have that. If you don't want anything, you can have that too. If you want your colors and get your letters in yellow with like a black outline, you have options. They're standard options, but you have options. Even with though this, none of those options are like Crunchyroll. No, the options are like Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll does the best. High Dive, I would say, is probably like second after Crunchyroll of, you know, our legal anime streaming services. And then, I don't know, I would, I, at this point, the way I'm feeling right now, I would even put Amazon above Funimation right now. Because that black <laughs> only bar, because we just finished watching Funimation stuff. And it was frustrating. But, yeah, but... Uh, but not Amazon was there. pretty bad. That That's kind of a, a detour. Mm-hmm. But... but we don't even have to. I don't even know why we brought this up. Why, um, Wise Man's Grandchild didn't even have subtitles because it's, it's dubbed. A, it's dubbed, which is great. But <laughs> that's why I was like, Funimation is great because when they dub it, it's wonderful. It's it's nice because we were. I don't know if you follow us on Twitter, but if you do, we didn't know that Wise Man's Grandson was dubbed. So we were sitting there and we had just finished watching what like we had just finished watching something. I don't and know. It was, um, and it was subbed. So we were starting uh, Wise Man's Grandchild, and we were just like waiting for the subtitles to appear on screen, and there weren't any. Then we were like, "Wait a second, we understand this. Did we learn Japanese in the last five minutes?" Yeah, it was like, <laughs> like maybe we dope. finally watched enough the anime. anime. <laughs> it's like it's finally ingrained in us that we hear it, and we don't need the subtitles anymore. That's great. And then we were like, "No, this is just dubbed in English. That's a nice surprise." <laughs> so Funimation, good job on that one. Subtitles, though. Let's work on that game just a little bit. But, yeah. Um, Let's actually talk about the anime now. Wise Man's Grandchild is about a kid. Oh, it's about this adult man. And, of course, he's working late because that's what we do in Japanese anime with adults. And he's walking down the street. do 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 Oh, serial killer with a knife. Stab. Oh, wait. That's the wrong anime. It is? Yes, yes. Oh, he's wild across the street because it's late. And then, ah, truck. Boom. Because yeah. we die. And that's... There's so many ways to die in anime. Either you're going to get stabbed or you're going to get run over by a truck. I mean, that's literally the two ways you die in anime. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you get reincarnated in another, another world, world that has magic. Woo! Because that's that's the beauty of dying in Japan. You get reincarnated into this magical world. Yes. I that's guess. the way it works. But I want to say this before we get deep into it. The guy, when he was about to cross the street, it's his fault because it said don't walk. But he was so deep in his own world and somebody 
tried to stop him. They were like, um, excuse me. But they were so quiet. He didn't hear him. And he just kept walking, walking, boom, truck. And I was just like, you know what? That guy who almost stopped him is going to be haunted by that moment for the rest of his life. Because he's like, if I had just spoken a little louder, I could have saved that man's life. If I had reached out and grabbed him before he stepped into the street, I would have saved that man's life. But nope. Nope. Man's dead. Dead as a doornail. Yep. And he's reincarnated into another world with magic by, ooh, surprise car cart. Not car, but cart accident. Yes. He's the only surviving child of a cart accident that got attacked by a demon. Yes, he got reincarnated as a baby. Mm-hmm. But yep. he has all of his memories from his previous life. Mm-hmm. But none of his memories from before the accident when he was a baby, so... Nope. It's interesting. Yep. He still has infantile amnesia, as we learned from The Promised Neverland. Yes, yes, exactly. But he remembers his past life. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, the guy who finds him, his name is Merlin, and mm-hmm. everybody knows that Merlin's always going to be a powerful wizard-like dude. Not a powerful wizard, but like the most powerful wizard dude. Yep, and this anime is no different. Nope. And uh, this Merlin's uh, really good at magic. And he raises him. He raises him, and he teaches him magic. And he's like a prodigy, prodigy, and he gets his friends to teach him the other disciplines, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, so he's not just really good at magic. He's really good at magic. He's good at close combat. He's good at enchanting things. He's good at making magical, magical items. items. Like, he can make his own spells at this point, which is really cool, but like he has no basic working knowledge of the world, so he doesn't know about the money system. He's never been shopping. He's never been into an actual town. He's never been, you know, he outside of the forest. He doesn't understand how the world works at all. And he's, he's never even seen now. somebody his own age. Yeah, so he's, he's like 15. 16, which is, I think. I thought it was 15. I don't know. It was, it was 15 or 16, but basically... And that's considered a teenager in that world. Uh, an adult uh, in that world. Yep. Yeah, so they... Um, once uh, he becomes an adult, they have like this dinner and everybody comes over and that's when they realize that he doesn't actually know anything about the world. And then they're like, well, we think you should go to school or whatever. Um, he's like, oh, okay, the cool. That sounds like a good that idea. Sounds like a good Although, idea. plot hole, anybody who's actually been to school in the real world does, will never say full well knowing what it is that going to school is a good idea. <laughs> okay. Like, I just feel like that's a complete and utter lie. Especially high school. Who but, wants to go back to high school? Uh, okay. <laughs> He's never been. So He's a, he was an adult in his past life with all of his memories. This this is true. This is true. This <laughs> makes sense. And another thing is just like he doesn't know common sense, but it seems like if he has all his memories from his past world, he should at least have common sense. Yeah. But whatever. Oh, and I have a theory because they say that he's a prodigy. I f- but I feel like the reason he's so powerful is because he's like, oh, I've always imagined what having magic would be like and how convenient that would be. And so yeah. he's using like... He's using science, science from his, his world, world into with, the, com- with the magic, magic in this world and it's just making him more powerful. Yeah, that's what I figured too. But I kind of like that even though he's overpowered, they kind of gave a reason for him being overpowered. At least not necessarily a reason, but a... a, a opening because when he's doing that giant magic spell then he's like separate the hydrogen from the oxygen blue flames make them bigger and bigger and then implosion on impact yeah yeah because he, he understands the sciences of the thing you know it's basic sciences but when you have magic, magic and you probably don't think about that those things you probably don't think about how to scientifically start a fire when you can literally just think about starting a fire and do it yeah so 
that makes a difference. Yeah. But um, basically, they decided to send him to school. Not so, and it's a magic school. It's the top magic school in the world, pretty much. Oh, but and he we do- have to. Oh, go sorry. He doesn't need to learn any magic or whatever, but they're just sending him there so he can learn about the world. But he also gets his first chance to meet and be around people his own age or whatever. And he can realize how special and how outrageously powerful he actually is. Basically, they're sending him to school so they can like be like, oh, okay, so this is where everybody else is, is in the world. And this is where you are. And you're leaps and bounds. Like There's this insurmountable gap between the highest person at your age and where you're at, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but it's also important to mention that, like, his grand, his grandfather, the person who raised him, is a super powerful mage, I yeah. guess. Um, his friends are also really super cool. Like, what his up uncle is the king, is of, the the king con- of the country. Yep, he didn't know that. And his es- and the, guy, the people he called brother and sister are, like, the highest-ranking members of his escort. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they just come and hang out in the cabin in the woods with them. Yep. And his grandfather, he didn't know that he was this great and powerful mage. He's got a super big house in the city with yeah. servants and stuff. Like yeah. a full staff servants. And yeah, everybody that, is like, that, he that shows was, up at the gate and he's like, and the people are like, ah, it's Merlin. Mm-hmm. And then his the person he calls Granny and the pink haired lady who taught him how to like enchant stuff, who's always around, like his mother figure or grandmother figure. They used to be married. He didn't know that either. Yeah, he didn't know anything. Like, he just like, oh, you're a man now. I guess we should tell you who all these people are who've been around for all of your life. Yeah, and the guy who taught him training was one of the commanders in the army or in the military. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, cool. You literally got the best training from the best guy in this universe, and you didn't even know it. Yep. So, yeah, way overpowered. But it looks entertaining. His take on things is amusing. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. And from the intro, it kind of looks like it's going to be like a My Hero Academia situation where we know everybody in the class that he's going to join. So I'm kind of hoping that's what the case is. Yeah, we'll see. Well, only if they're interesting. Yeah. If they're not interesting, then I don't want to know anything about them. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. It's probably the anime that we're looking the most Let's forward to out of the new ones from this season. Um, honestly, it's probably the only one we're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Moving on. Um, next is you know a girl who chants love at the bounds of this world. Um, so we got the second episode this week. Yeah. Um, the and first episode was kind of sketch. Second episode isn't much better. Um, basically, in this one, the main character, uh, Takia, he is he realizes that okay. I've gone back in time. And so he spends a little bit of time, you know, playing with the device, understanding what the limitations are, how to use it. And then, yeah, that's pretty much the whole episode. And then the second half of the episode, he's like looking for his mom because she doesn't come home. And then he finds out that she's wrapped up in some like sketchy deal. So basically he pulls a Ray Zero moment and he just keeps repeating the moment over and over and over okay. again. Well, the sketchy deal or whatever, it looks like his mom is about to get hurt or whatever and he charges And it looks in. like a setup. Yeah, it looks of like what a setup. Yeah, it looks like a setup, like some type of acting thing or whatever. But, but she doesn't know it. But she doesn't know it and it's weird, whatever. But basically her son comes in Tries to beat up the guys. He gets beat up. Goes back in time. Tries it again. Gets beat up again. Rinse, repeat. And, um, yeah. And that's basically how the episode ends. And we don't see him succeed in this before the end of the episode. Yeah. And it's just... And some of the stuff he tries is pretty dumb. 
or whatever and it's just like if you keep going back to right before this moment starts then why don't you just go in and just take your mom out yeah and, and, and the thing that's frustrating is because when he was doing all this experimentation earlier he already found out that if i'm holding something and I go back in time, the thing that I'm in contact with goes back in time with me as well. So me, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, why is not he just go in, grab onto his mom, and then go back in time, and then explain things to her? Because that seems like a better scenario than getting the crap kicked out of you countless times. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, that's his decision, I guess. Yeah. And then um, it's also clear that the other character, the, the girl with blonde hair who's like in the history club, likes him and not the friend who likes her. So I'm like, okay, this is also going to be like standard no. harem fodder. I didn't pick up on that at all, actually. But um, Really? The whole blushing and telling him embarrassing things and the nervousness and the friend being jumping in during the awkward silence? Don't remember any of these moments. but okay, um, of course you don't. But it's fine. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much the show. There's not really much else to say about it. Yeah. Um, if you like it, tell us why. We'd be interested to know. Um, we're strongly considering dropping this one. It's on the bubble. We might give it one more episode. Yeah. We might not. Um, yeah. Next up, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, episode two. Um, this one, um, I think this one might actually have a little bit of potential. Um... It is kind of standard, but I think it it could have potential. It depends on how long it takes them to get powers and what said powers are and how cool they look. Honestly, because, I mean, the story, I, I, it feels like it's going to be pretty basic so far. Yeah, I mean, the story is not grabbing me as of yet. But honestly, for me, coming off of, like, The Promised Neverland, it's going to be hard for something to grab me the way that that did. But, um... But yeah, this um, one, I mean, it just it, it, it seems very standard. It could be interesting. The main character, Tanjiro, I'm, if he levels up soon, I think it could be interesting. Because right now, we just have him running around like a chicken with his head, his head cut off. Yeah. And so, that yeah. doesn't interest me. Well, let's just um, actually happen in this episode. Um, basically, Tanjiro and... Um, his, his, his sister Nezuko, Nezuko or whatever. Um, they stumble upon a man-eating demon feasting on some people at, at a temple. People are already dead, and the demons just eating them. Mm-hmm. Um, they fight the demon, and during this fight, um, you know and Nezuko is looking at the half-eaten people or whatever while her brother's fighting the demon, and she's just like she. You can tell she really wants to eat these people. But um, she realized her brother is in danger. She snaps out of it. She goes and kicks this demon in the head. And the demon's head flies clean off his body. Mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, okay. And, of course, the demon can still move around even though he's separated from his body. body. So the um, sister ends up fighting the body and Tanjiro ends up fighting the head. So that was entertaining. In the end, they end up winning. Um and the head, the severed head is like pinned to a tree, tree. or whatever. And Tanjiro is supposed to, you know, finish him off. So mm-hmm. he grabs a knife and is just thinking, all right, I guess I'm going to have to stab him in the head and then it'll be over. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he grabs a knife and gets ready to stab him, uh, this guy in a mask pops up behind him, puts his hand on him. It's like, you can't finish him with that. Instead of asking immediately, who is this guy? What is he doing? How does he know this isn't going to work? You know, he's just like... Why are you in a mask in the middle of a forest? Yeah, he didn't ask any of those questions. Instead, he's like, okay, so, so 
what can I kill him with? <laughs> and he doesn't tell him, but instead, um, he goes and grabs a rock. The guy doesn't um, stop him this time, so obviously the rock will work. And he's just like, man, if I have to kill him with this rock, I'm going to have to hit him a lot of times to bash his head in or whatever. And he's over here debating over whether to kill him, the guy, all the way until sunrise. And then sun- when, as soon as the first ray of sun hits the demon, he vaporizes, it vaporizes him and he evaporates. And he's like, dude, you got to learn how to make better decisions. Yeah. But the- we find out that the... Um, the guy who uh, tapped him or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's um, really the old guy that uh, um, he was told to find. Yeah, he's the old guy who was, who he was told to find at the bottom of the mountain. So, he's like, alright, follow me to my house or whatever. And he gets his sister and, um, oh, fun fact, at the beginning of the episode, he made a, a basket for his sister to fit in or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he can carry his sister on his back, you know, doing, so they can still travel during the day. Like, and she can strength to yeah. fit inside the basket. And she can strength to fit inside the basket. Um, so he's traveling with his sister on his back and the old dude, uh, how do you say his name? Sankonji? Sakonji? I don't know. They didn't really say his name. They didn't really say it, but that's his name or whatever because I'm assuming that's his name because that was the title of the episode. Oh, uh, whatever. Teacher Sakonji or whatever. I don't know. But anyway. The sensei. But um, basically, he um, he's like, hey, follow me and he runs or whatever and he's making Tanjiro run all the way to his house right Mm -hmm. and his house had to have been really far away because they went from the first daybreak all the way until nightfall to get into his house so he was running this whole time with his sister on his back or whatever Mm -hmm. and Tanjiro's like okay this must be a test this must be a test this must be a test he finally gets to the guy's house and he's like alright now we can start your test and Tanjiro's like are you, are you kidding, kidding me? me like he's tired he's been running all day with his sister on his back and he's like alright leave your sister here I'll take care of her we're going on a little trip up a mountain which when this happened I was confused I'm like okay so you just laid her down and said you were going to take care of her and then proceeded to leave the, her alone in the building while you walked this kid up the mountain that sounds super secure. Sounds super secure, but at the same time, she's a demon. I figured she can take care of herself now. I guess, until sunrise. Yeah, so basically, he takes him up this mountain. He was like, look, um, I'll see you at my house or whatever after they get up to the top mm-hmm. and or whatever. And he's like, I'm not going to wait until sunrise or whatever. And to me, I'm thinking... Oh, is he saying that, like, hey, if you don't make it back down this mountain before sunrise, I'm going to kill your sister? Probably. Because, like, he said he's not going to wait till sunrise. So Tanjiro, instead of seeing this as, like, a threat to his sister, he's like, I'm going to make it back down the mountain or whatever. So he doesn't even think about the possibility of his sister dying, which is cool or whatever. And then he realizes making it back down the mountain is a lot harder than making it up. Yeah, because there are traps everywhere. So it's not just about not getting lost. It's about surviving the traps. And And the air is super thin. Yeah, and the air is thinner than the mountain he grew up on. My favorite part of this episode, honestly, was when he was like, even though I can sense the traps and I can smell the ones made by human hands, that doesn't mean that I'm suddenly athletic enough to dodge them. And I'm like, that is the most real thing. That I've ever seen in anime because yep. suddenly, most anime characters, especially ones like him that go up and down mountains all day, they're just naturally athletic. But he's just like, I'm not athletic enough to dodge all of these traps, even if I know that they're there. So he's yeah. just getting the crap beat out of them. 
while he's trying to avoid all these traps and stuff to get yeah. down the mountain. Before and he's they a, he's able to avoid some of them, but some of them he he just gets hit by. Like he knows they're coming, but there's nothing he can do about yep. it. Yep. Or whatever. So he's trying his best or whatever, but he makes it down the mountain before daybreak. So that was cool, I guess. Yeah. But um, that's pretty much this episode. And like I said, I thought it was okay. Um, it was fine. It was a little cliche, but. I think it'll be fine. As long as their powers look cool when they get them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Moving on. Um, Was the sounds of life? Um, we also got this. Episode two. Yeah. We got the second episode, and, I mean, this is Slice of Life, so it's, it's honestly not bad. It's just, I I don't know. I think I expected too much. It doesn't really draw me in. Honestly, I feel like. This episode felt to me how I felt the first episode was going to be. Like, I thought this anime was going to be, like, a chore and it was going to be difficult to watch and I was going to have to force myself to get through it. But the first episode, honestly, I went right through it. It was no problem. I was even semi-entertained. This one wasn't that. But this one, the second one, was not that. This one was more like what I expected the first episode to be. And I think it's probably just because nobody really got really punched or beat up this time. And it's like, I wasn't expecting that in the first one, so I found it refreshing. And then the second one was like how I expected it to be. And I was just like, oh. Yeah. Um, I think the most interesting character is definitely Kudo. He's the first year who's a delinquent. Because he has like the most energy and spirit. And he's just like got life to him everyone else seems like what's the word i'm looking for basic yeah it was very, they were very basic like karada he has like uh, he uh the phrase i was going to use is in pg-13 he's a wimp yeah he's a and wimp. i don't really care for his personality because he like cries over everything and lets everyone walk over him and then he's just like boo-hoo all of my senpais graduated and we're not going to nationals because I suck at playing Kodo and blah, 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 boo-hoo. And then, yeah, he lets other people, like, literally other clubs come in and beat him up and trash his room. And it's just, it's dumb. Yeah, it's so, just not what it is. I don't like him. And the new girl, Hozuki, she's, like, some prodigy or whatever. But she's, like, stuck up and not very interesting. Like, she's very tropey and basic. And, like, oh, I'm the super popular, you know, pretty girl who can do this thing that you're not very good at because I come from a family who's been in this for generations and I've been raised in this world since I was a kid and you're not on my level and I could talk crap about you because of who I am and ha ha ha, I'm so haughty and I pretend to be nice but I'm really not. Yeah, you summed her up perfectly actually. Which anime girl did I just describe? I don't know, about 20 of them. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that's but that's who she is. This episode, basically, in this episode, we have Hosuki shows up and she's prodigy girl pretending to be nice. She finds out that all the other girls that she saw um, before picking this school had already graduated. So she drops her nice girl at. She tells Kudo that he's not fit to play the Kodo because reasons. And then he's like, okay, well, how do I earn the right? And she's like, that's a dumb question. So he just runs to the principal and he's like, hey, we need to get the instruments fixed because they got damaged when the other guys from the first episode, you know, came in and messed up the instruments. Yeah. So the principal says, okay, well, we'll get them fixed for you. And Kudo goes to the place and he's like, teach me how to fix it or whatever. Because I think part of it's because his grandfather used to fix them. And also because he feels like if he's acknowledged 
by the person who fixes Kodos, then he'll be allowed to to play it. And so basically the whole episode was basically them, the two, the prodigy girl and the club president trying to figure out where he was, why he was skipping club, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, what was going on? Um, I think the the main things that I have a problem with in this anime, honestly, we can narrow it down to one thing. Um, the Kodo was played twice in this in this episode of the anime. Mm-hmm. One was at the opening ceremony or whatever, when um, each club has a chance to like show what they're about or whatever. Yeah, and, and get new members and get to get new members or whatever. They perform for the first year so they can figure out what clubs they want to join or whatever. So that performance was lackluster and it was super short or whatever. And I was like, all right, whatever. It was just something about the fundamentals of Koto. Yeah. Right, but then the second time was when the new girl that stuck up, the Ozuki girl, the prodigy, the prodigy, she was playing in the club room, and Kuda was outside the door, and he was listening to her play or whatever. And apparently, it made it. He made it seem like she was playing the Kodo like amazingly, and I wasn't moved in the least bit. Like I didn't even think it sounded good. And if that's going to be what good sounding Kodo sounds like in this anime, I'm not going to be impressed. I think part of it is one we're not familiar with the Kodo, so it's kind of hard to know what it sounds like because like we've watched other musical anime where it's like music was the heart of what the anime was about. Um, the one that's coming to my mind is, is the, the Force of the Piano. Yeah, the, yeah. the Force Piano. Of, of piano, piano of the Forest or Force of Piano. Yeah. And where we saw Kai Ichinose playing it, and yeah. it was just like you really felt how like pretty and beautiful it was. And you're like in April. Like, again, we're not yeah. classically trained, but it's like we can tell that, okay, this is a really beautiful instrument. It's just like when she was playing in this episode with the Kodo, it might be because we're unfamiliar with it. Like, I've never heard of a Kodo before this anime. Yeah. But it's just like I wasn't impressed or overwhelmed or even really interested. It was yeah. just like, oh, well, there are cherry blossoms, so this must be really good. And he's freaking out, so I guess this must be the epitome. Uh, yeah, this is supposed to be, like, awesome, but it's just... To me, it, it sounded like nothing. And with music, it, it's just like... It's got to move you. It's got to move you. And especially when it's just pure instrumental. Like, it's like... Generally, you can judge whether an instrument sounds at least pleasing to your ear. You might not be able to judge what good and, and not good is. But you can tell whether something is pleasing to your ear or not. Because, I mean, people generally play music for regular people. They don't play it for the you know musical elite yeah so but that was know. pretty much it for this episode i mean it could get better it could get worse i think this will probably end up being one of those anime that's just going to be better binged because it's not going to be overwhelmingly great but it's not going to be horrible either it's just gonna be one of those things where it's like if you're looking for a good slice of life anime this will probably fit that run-of-the-mill i just want to sit down and watch some some slice of life yes still but i don't think it's gonna be like oh this is so great and amazing i don't think it's gonna be anywhere close to your lie in april no but um it could be entertaining it could be like as decent as like something like maybe like orange you know yeah maybe but as far as musical anime goes this one's definitely at the bottom of the heat that we've seen that we've seen Um, but um yeah moving on to what Farrygon is next. Farrygon yeah. is the other one on the list where I'm like, it could be good, it could be bad, because the premise of it is really interesting, but 
I'm not completely sold on it yet. Um, I feel like I don't know enough about the characters to really make a decision on whether I like it or not. But um, basically in this episode, we have Marlia and Free. They get their first mission and basically their mission is to go out and stop this shipment of artificial fairy soldiers. And the fairy soldiers are illegal because they're only used for war. And the war has been over for like years. So um, they're to go and find out what's going on and put a stop to it. Um, When they get there, they meet two people. Um, I believe their names were Sergey and Carla, I want to say. Yeah, that sounds right. And basically, they're doing reconnaissance. They're like your sneaky type fairy users. And they're like, okay, the people are in the plaza. They're about to show up or whatever. Um, The people who show up, the guy, one of the guys, he has blonde hair, and his name is Wolfren. And apparently Wolfren and Free know each other and they just like, they start going at it because normally Free is a little bit more reserved. He's like, let's handle this, you know, calmly. Mm-hmm. But then he sees Wolfren and he just like goes barging in, all guns blazing, both swords dual wielding with his fairy, like no holds barred. You know, is that how this up right? Yeah. And um, so they're fighting and then Maria shows up and then. She's like, ooh, I should probably stay out of this. But then Wolfren's fairy attacks her. So her fairy comes out and um, its arms get cut off. And she get witnesses firsthand like, okay, when your fairy gets hurt, you get hurt too. Yeah, because I think this is the first time that ever happened to her. Yeah. And, but as it's like before, they would get like hurt and we would see it on the other people mm-hmm. that had fairies. But in her fairy's case, the arms got completely cut off. And she didn't act like she felt like her arms got completely cut off. So I guess I guess hers isn't as as harsh I as guess, the other people's. Because I don't know. she didn't like her fairy chose her. She didn't get like a transplant, and they make a note of that at the beginning of the yeah, anime. Like because all the other fairy soldiers had some type of surgery, surgery done to them. To, to them. Whereas she just was like, is possessed is what they're guessing because they don't really know what's going on with her yet, but they're assuming that she's just possessed by the fairy. Mm. but um yeah so they have this fight um Wolfren ends up getting away and uh he actually kills everybody who was part of the deal because he doesn't believe in having any loose ends but um yeah that's pretty much it um the story between Wolfren and Free could be interesting I think it's gonna be something similar but on the opposite spectrum as the story between Marlia and Veronica but um they both have blonde hair and um, they're both being chased by the people of the Dorothea unit. So, wow, this is amazing how you're able to draw these parallels. Great. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how it turns out. Um, we also saw that at the beginning that Maria is like growing up. She was considered unlucky because everyone who interacts with her ends up dead, and three uh, is considered um, very lucky, but like in a bad way because he has to watch the people who are close to him die die because they're always saving him so you know but now they're together so <laughs> one's <laughs> lucky knows? in the worst way and one's super it's unlucky just straight bad luck yep so we'll see how that turns out yep um and the last of our weekly anime we got the first episode of let me try this namu amida butsu utina yep Further um, known as Utina, because I'm not going to try to say that constantly. Yep. And this one, um, basically, wow, these names are going to be hard to say. But basically, mm. Tasha Kahuten and Bolton 
So we uh, got black haired guy and blonde haired guy. Yep. Um, basically, they're deities mm-hmm. who come down to Earth or whatever because this other deity decides, hey, I want to go on a vacation. So, I'm tired of fighting evil doers. Yep. So they come down to like take his place or whatever should, you know, the people at the temple need help. Mm-hmm. The people at the temple are other deities. Yeah. Um, so I don't, whatever, but that's opening scene or whatever. They come, this guy's being possessed by some evil or whatever, and they look all beastly and they fight him. And it seems like, oh, yeah, this is gonna be really exciting. And then, um, two minutes later, they show up at the temple and they're like, oh, we usually don't get one. Uh, vices, because they, they call them vices. Yeah, they call them vices. We then, usually don't get vices that big in the material world anymore. Yep, so it's just like, oh, so where, where do I fight next? And they're like, we don't have anywhere for you to fight next. So just um, hang out. So just hang out or whatever. And it's just like, so this anime ends up being about them just like seeing what everyday life is like in the human world because they haven't been there in centuries apparently. Yep, because yep. he says to go get milk and this dude tries to go find a cow. Yep, instead of going to, to the a store. convenience store. Yep. And then one of them makes it to the convenience store and he's just like, what do I buy? There are, there are so, so many, many options. options. And so he's like, ooh, the most expensive option. And so instead of buying milk, he buys heavy cream. And for those of you who have never been grocery shopping or have never tried that, heavy cream is what you use to make whipped cream. It's thick and it's nasty if you try to drink it. It is not, not milk. milk. Yep. The other guy actually made it all the way out to a farm. <laughs> and got milk. So and he milked somebody else's cow. Yes, he did. But he was like, "Thank you for the milk. I'll be taking this now." Yeah. And um, they also had to disguise themselves, and they had really bad disguises. Yeah, they they had really bad disguises. So other people see them as different things or whatever. But when they're in the temple, they look like uh, young monks or whatever. Yeah. Um, but um, basically, the leader of the temple that they're at was like. Everybody has vices, even even as deities, they have vices that they have to overcome. And at any moment, they could, you know, fall from grace and become, I guess, like a demon of some sort. And they're talking, they make references to this guy named Ashura. And because Ashura is the name of a well-known demon, yeah. I'm assuming that he's probably the antagonist of this anime. And that he makes this force field while they're all hanging out eating or whatever. And then he just shows up, looks at them. And then, like, flies away, like, in this super powerful glory of light. Mm -hmm. And, um... Like, I'm the boss here. Yeah. And apparently one of the deities... Was close to him. Used to be close to him or whatever. So, we'll see. I mean, if they take that line of action, it could be interesting. But honestly, whenever I hear Ashura, all I think is uh, Zoro's Nine Sword style. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh... Yeah, that's about it. That's what that's normal. That's mostly what I think about. But um, I'm yeah. not sold on this one. I'll give it another episode or two. But if it doesn't improve vastly, I probably won't watch it. Yeah, I'm not really sold on it either because I'm thinking that we're gonna get more of these everyday life moments than we are of this actual main storyline of them fighting. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, let's let's take a short break. All right, we are back. Um, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Um, it was 24 episodes. We watched it dubbed on Funimation. Um, was, I thought it was a great watch. It was great. Like, this was way, way, way funnier than I thought it was going to be. And 
for me, knowing that I think it premiered at the same time as like Goblin Slayer, I could see how these two would be like a nice contrast, like the seriousness of Goblin Slayer. Then after you watch that, go and watch that time I was reincarnated as a slime. Mm-hmm. And then that'll really like lighten up the rest of your night. But um, basically, if you haven't seen it, haven't heard about it. The time I got reincarnated as a slime is about um, this guy. He is Shocker working in an office. He's walking Tell me along if you've the heard street the story before. Day. And then he gets stabbed by a random guy running down the street with a knife. And But as he's dying, he's just like, oh my gosh, I'm so hot. I'm so cold. But every time he's saying all this, it's like there's his voice being like, okay, heat resistance. Noted. Cold resistance. Noted. Pain inhibiting pain reception so it's like yeah so it's like the stuff he's complaining about are becoming like superpowers they're becoming abilities or whatever yeah you know and it's like yeah and it's like this blood or whatever and it was like okay well make sure you have a body without blood and it's just like and this thing just keeps going and eventually the guy dies uh-huh. And of course, he's reincarnated in a new world with magic. I know this sounds very familiar, but um, instead of a, being a baby this time or a grown person this time, he is, he is a, a slime. slime. Yes, he's a slime, and it fulfilled all his requirements. He has heat resistance, cold resistance. He doesn't have blood. He doesn't have pain. You but know. the most important thing is he's got this ability called Predator, and basically allows him to. Um, it, it's a whole list of things. I actually took the time to jot a few of them down. Um, his overpowered abilities include, but are not limited to, absorbing plants, creatures, magic, even people. He has resistance to heat, cold, and pain. The ability to analyze and reproduce the things he absorbs. He can also mimic the creatures he absorbs along with their abilities. And he has um, a great sage, which is basically like this great talking computer inside of his head. Yes. Um, which explains everything to him. Everything. Yep. So he's full of information, and uh, whenever he asks a question, he gets an answer. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's about it. He even has an autopilot. Yeah. <laughs> that he can use in fights. Um, Where so, Grace yeah. Sage takes over and use all of his acquired abilities to their highest potential. Yep, to defeat the opponent. So I mean, he he's uh, overpowered to say the least. Yeah. Um, um, I don't want to ruin this for you, honestly, if you haven't watched it, because it's a really great watch, and watching it for the first time is honestly hilarious. And the situations that he gets into and the way he deals with them, it, it's, it's honestly, it's priceless the first time you watch it. It's priceless, and it's like, he runs into these situations where he has these problems, and he thinks of, like, regular practical solutions because he was a what was it he was a contractor in his previous life and again another one of these anime where he has all the memories of his his previous previous life and he was like a 37 year old guy yeah so like he's like okay well to get out of this situation i'll do this get out of this situation i'll do that and it just keeps building on each other and before long it's just like he's known as like this great and powerful guy and it's just like yeah so at the beginning he starts out as just another slime by the end of it he's the ruler of a nation yeah so it's 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 fun it's just a fun journey it's a yeah. really fun journey and it's like it, and he, he creates said nation yeah like literally from scratch because it starts Mo- out as a goblin village and if you watch goblin slayer it's nothing like that so don't worry <laughs> um <laughs> yeah you and- it's it's just great to see how it builds and all the moments and everything just seems so fun and genuine it's really a fun entertaining watch and he's 
actually his character is really really likable and i think that's one of the things that this plays to like we don't see him actually get angry really no, no i don't think he's been angry not a single time I mean, he doesn't get angry like he handles things and he's very objective or whatever so i mean it, it's I it's mean, good when you have pain resistance you can be objective, objective. <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> I mean, and he's genderless also. Yeah. So he's not he, a he or a she. It's yeah, not anymore because slimes don't have, have genders. genders. So it, it's a good watch. If you haven't watched it, definitely go watch it. I would probably rewatch this one with like our yeah. family because it's just really entertaining. Yeah, I'd I'd highly recommend it. I would definitely watch it again with anybody at any time. It's it's a good one. Yeah. I think uh, we're kind of we're kind of really into these isekai shows. Yeah, I mean, isekai, it's hard to mess up isekai, honestly. Yeah, I mean... I mean, as long as your your protagonist is has some type of special ability or it's completely overpowered, generally and erring on the side of being completely overpowered, there's really no way you can go wrong unless, like, even Ray Zero, when he ends up in the world, he's not overpowered. He just has the ability to not actually die and go back in time. Yeah. Ray Zero was a, was an exception. It was a it was a different and a good way. Yeah. But everybody else has been overpowered. I mean, yeah. and it's and we've enjoyed all of them. Yeah. Um. So That's despite nice. it being tropey, it's a good trope. Yeah. Tropes are tropes. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why people like the predictable stuff because I mean it's predictable and people like it. Yep. But yeah, it, it's really good and just definitely go watch it. Um. I think that's it. Yeah. So next week we are going to be continuing our regular stuff of One Piece, Black Clover, and the Rising of the Shield Hero. Um, we're also going to give our new what winter? Not winter. Spring 2019 anime another go. Um, yeah. Some of them may get dropped. Some of them may stay on the list, but we will see. Yeah. And I th- looks like our bench for next week is going to be Kaguya-sama Love is War. Yeah. So we've heard a lot of good things about this. I'm actually really excited to binge it. Um, yeah, so look forward to that next week. Oh, um, there was one thing that I did want to mention. Um, Magma of the Sea Blue. Um, it looks like nobody picked it up, so we're not going to be watching it. Um, if you know somebody who picked it up, let us know. But um, we're not going to watch it um, because we don't know where to. Legally. Legally. Um, Please do not send us where to pirate it. Yes, because we can find that on our own. Um, We will uh, probably watch it after it finishes and we'll binge it sometime. Um, But uh, we're not going to watch it week to week if nobody picks it up. Yep. So, yeah, that's it for this episode of I'd Rather Anime. If you liked it, please subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends about it, and make sure that you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at I'd Rather Anime. We know you could be doing other things, but we're glad that you decided to anime with us. Until next time, peace. Out. And he just kept walking, walking, boom, truck. And the demon's head flies clean off his body. Mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, okay. Yeah, you summed her up perfectly, actually. Which anime girl did I just describe? I don't know, about 20 of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, can we watch some anime now?